Hello and welcome to the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin. It is a new year. We have new episodes, but I'm still the same host. However, I have decided to make this a health awareness month. And through circumstance, I have a wonderful series of guests, starting with one of my just favorite people. Uh, My cousin Kathy has just recently obtained her certificate as a life coach, and we're going to talk about that. And uh, we're actually going to walk through an analysis of a dream that I've had reoccurring throughout my life. And it has some pretty fascinating results. I'm, I'm blown away by what happened. Now, I just want to set the, uh, the stage for this a little bit. When, I, uh, re- when we recorded this, it went one way. And when uh, I edited down the show, I only took out the spaces between uh, the times that things were being analyzed or the times where I was thinking. So it happens much faster on the show. I haven't taken out any of the content, just those uh, thoughtful pauses. So uh, it's going to go a little faster as you're hearing it, but um, but the process was was pretty amazing, and the result was not at all what I expected. Now, I'm not saying that as a teaser. I think it's important to go through uh, and hear the exercise. I will go through that. She'll tell me what the dream means. I will then talk about what I thought it meant, and uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff, guys. So uh, we'll get to that interview in just a minute. Uh, I want to welcome you guys back to the show. I actually got a lot of stuff done uh, in December when I was taking some time away from the show. And uh, now I'm back. I'm doing four shows a week on Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast, which can be found on all the outlets where you listen to this show, as well as my website. You can stream from there. If you go to scotthaskin.com, you can click on podcast and you'll get this show, or you can click on Uriah Heap Podcast and you'll get the Magician's Podcast. Having a lot of fun working on that. Uh, it's It's been absolutely fascinating working with uh, McBox and working with Dave, who is their social media guy. Uh, just just uh, great people. And, you know, it's, it's amazing these people that have been involved, involved in my life for a good chunk of it that I, I didn't have the opportunity to connect with. And now that I've been able to do that, it's just been an, an absolutely wonderful experience. Um, if you guys are fans of the band or like rock and roll, check it out. I take, uh, you know, each episode, I review another song and I'm doing all the studio uh, proper album releases and all the bonus tracks that were unreleased. I'm not doing anything live, at least not at this point. But um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun doing that show and uh, people really seem to like it. So because of that show, I'm going to be making some changes to this show. Um, it seems that people really like a shorter show. So uh, this show is the, you know, the normal length. But what I'm going to do going forward is either half an hour interviews or if the um, if the interview goes over that, I may split it into two shows because it seems like people like shorter podcasts for their commute or, you know, to, to invest the time in, hey, I can listen to this while I'm cooking dinner or I can do this while I'm doing the dishes or whatever or cleaning the house. And so uh, it becomes a, a thing that becomes associated with that. But it also gives the time frame to allow you to do that. If the show's an hour and a half long, what are you not going to be doing for an hour and a half that you can free yourself up to listen to the podcast? It's probably not going to take you an hour and a half to clean your house every week, that sort of thing. So I'm going to be doing that modification going forward. I think that'll help uh, a little bit and, um, you know, just split them into to bite more bite-sized episodes. 
And um, the uh, after this month uh, of the wellness stuff, we're getting back into the normal swing of things with people in the entertainment business and, uh, you know, album reviews and things like that. So lots of great stuff planned ahead. Um, I, I have considered going to a biweekly format just because of uh, the amount of time, especially with the other show doing four of those a week. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how the schedule works out. And also, you know, finding guests that can commit, especially during the holidays, is is always difficult. And, you know, the first of the year, everyone's busy with all their resolutions and plans and stuff. So um, it's a little bit more of a challenge to do things uh, throughout this part of the year. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully the, the shorter episodes will be more enjoyable to everyone. And, um, yeah, we'll just have a great time. So if you guys do have any suggestions for album reviews, I would definitely be interested in those. Um, you can send that or anything else to me to scott at scotthaskin.com. That's the main place you can reach me. And, of course, all the socials, uh, as you would imagine. So without further ado, uh, I want to bring on this lovely lady who I have known for a good chunk of my life, Kathy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have my first guest of the year entering 2021 with a fantastic dear, not saying that she's on the show because she's my cousin, but she is. And I'm still happy to have her on the show. Congratulating her on her new certificate. Let's welcome Kathy Fryman to the show. Kathy, how are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Scotty. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I'm really glad that we've um, set the time to do it. Congratulations on completing your course as a life coach. This has been um, been quite a long road. Yes, yes. It was a nine-month-long class. We had... Um, weekly meetings and uh, lots of lots of exercises to do, lots of interaction with other uh, coach trainees, and then lots of coaching with clients who had no idea what a life coach was in order to apply for the certification. So I am very proud of that. It was uh, an intensive course and I passed. Well, I, of course you did. <laughs> but I, I imagine it would have to be intensive. And I want to talk about what a life coach is, because I think that in in the general sense of the word, there's kind of a snake oil salesman stigma to it. And it's nothing mm -hmm. like that at all. I mean, obviously, nine months of courses, a lot of hands-on interaction, practicing with real people. This is mm -hmm. not something that you can buy in a jar for $4.99. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The easiest way I have found to describe the difference, and a lot of people uh, want to confuse it with therapist, psychiatrist, and, and therapist and psychiatrists are pretty much take people who have ill mental health and help them get better. And a life coach helps people who... Um, have good mental health, but need, there's something in their life that isn't really working for them and they want to make that better. So mm, a like therapist, that. yeah, therapist and psychiatrist think trauma and life coach think drama. I, would you say that therapy would be reactive and a life coach would be proactive? That's that's excellent point. Yes. Yes. I would totally agree with that. 
Well, I, not not in all cases. I mean, like, I think being a, working as a life coach can be reactive to things that have happened as well. But I don't see therapy in general being as proactive as, as a life coach. Right, right. We're going to work you forward and the therapist is probably going to work backwards. Right. Would you say that the two might work well in tandem or can it be just too confusing for somebody to be getting all this advice? Okay, I'm dealing with my past right now and now I'm going to deal with the present and future. Wait a minute, I got to go back and deal with this thing in the past. You know, it's it's a lot of back and forth. It is a lot of back and forth, but I actually have uh, some clients who are have therapists and are working with me and it just kind of dovetails nicely together. Mm hmm. Hmm. I could see that. Um, it's it's such an interesting field because it's so broad. Um, how do you prepare? It, but it, well, I shouldn't ask it that way. I should say most of this work is it is it more energy based or is it more intellectual based or what would you think? It is more thought based hmm. because it's your thoughts that drive your behaviors. Very true. Very yes. true. We were talking before the show about uh, my frustrations in a particular area of my profession. And so this might be a, a good question to ask. What, where does the difference lie between, let's say, um, somebody having a preconceived notion that something isn't going to work out so they don't do it or they do it and it fails versus mm -hmm. having that notion because they went into it with an optimistic view and got burned, say, multiple times. And now their current thought is formed from those experiences. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. That's a good question. Um, you, the first scenario you described, we would call a um, limiting belief. Mm -hmm. I can't do this because of some fear. I fear failure. You know, I'm not good enough, something like that. That's a limiting belief. The other one of where I've made the attempt and it hasn't worked out, that would be classified, in my opinion, as a painful thought. I tried it. It didn't work out. And therefore, I suck. I, you know, I'm stupid. Uh, I'm worthless. And then we would approach those things to very differently. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes, I would imagine, a snowball effect from there. Once you get on that negative thought train, then it's easy oh, to yes. just steamroller to everywhere. Well, and the thing is, um, in your brain, every time you have the same thought, you, the neural, neural connection, every time you have that same thought, that synapsis, synapsis makes that connection you are coding it in myelin and which is I kind of think of it as like a rebar. You're just reinforcing that thought again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And what a life coach is going to do is help you recognize when you're having that thought and give help, give you tools to help you break that connection and remap your brain so that you're not stuck in that rut and you're not no longer reinforcing that that negative thought. I would imagine that is a challenge, just getting people to recognize the negative language that they're using because it's done so passively most of the time. And, and a lot of people have been doing it for so long that they don't realize how poorly they're treating themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And they, 
they say these things and it's like a knee jerk reaction. They just do it automatically. Right. Well, we've programmed ourselves to to react to anything as if we're the problem with everything that goes wrong in our lives when we aren't necessarily the problem at all. Right. Right. That's ego talking to keep itself alive. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting too in the in the day and age of the internet, and I see the little bit of time I spend on social media, I see so many people posting these positive reinforcement messages or things like, you know, you don't have to put up with being treated badly and, and things like that, which in general, you know, I look at these and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that helps somebody or I'm glad that you said that. I, I'm sure that um, that probably helps you to say it, to recognize it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like mostly what people are doing are just saying things and not taking, say, any follow up action because they've been just posting the same stuff for years. And mm-hmm. I wonder is there something to that? Are they trying to maybe help themselves more and just thinking that they're doing it to help others? You know, I'm I'm not sure I can answer that. I know for me, it is, um, you haven't, when you're just mouthing the words, there's no feeling behind it, mm-hmm. then nothing's going to change. You have to get to the, to the root, the core, the feeling uh, um, behind it to really make a change. And I, but I have seen when people post these same, uh, positive affirmations, if you don't truly believe it, then you can use it as a tool to beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I say this, but I don't really do it. So again, once again, I suck. I'm a loser. And maybe they don't realize too, sometimes that they're posting it for themselves. They think that, oh, you know, I bet people would like to hear this or this sounds good. I'll repost it but Mm -hmm. they don't really realize that they're the ones that need to hear it. There, there, that is. Yeah. That's, you have to be cognitive of, of what you're saying. You have to be aware of what you need. I mean, I think that we tend to live in a lot of denial, especially these days, because we have so many avenues for uh, distractions and excuses. Do we, Mm -hmm. do we even really know what we need? I don't think so. I think that's why we need people that do what you do. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And if you find yourself living, you know, it's the Groundhog's Day life. You do the same thing day in and day out and nothing changes. You want change, but nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And that's where a life coach can help you get unstuck. Is Is the first key to it when you start working with somebody is the first key to really just say, OK, where are you at? Who are you as a person? What do you see yourself as or how do you feel about yourself? Is that kind of the the starting point for everything? The starting point is pretty much where's the area of least satisfaction in your life? What made you set up a session? What made you book an appointment? What prompted that? And let's take a look at that. And out of that, you'll all start hearing Oh, I need to, I should, I can't things. And that's, these are areas, these are mindsets and thoughts that we want to examine on a little bit um, deeper basis. Well, you bring up an excellent point too. I hadn't thought about that. Just saying I need help and taking that action of contacting you 
and mm-hmm. saying, I, I want my life to be better, that's a pretty big step. And I think that's a step that a lot of people, that that's where the ego comes in of, I, I've got this, I can handle it. I know I just need to make some changes. And they, they use those little phrases to just kind of keep themselves going when they're really mm-hmm. not solving anything. I mean, that's a pretty big step to actually contact you and say, I need some help. Yes, I need some help. And, and to misquote G.I. Joe from my kids' um, childhood, G.I. Joe always said, knowing is half the battle. Mm. So recognizing that something's not working for you and you want to change it is the, is the biggest step right there. Well, that gets you past the ego guard, right? Yes, yes. And then, but you got to stay ahead of that ego guard because ego fights hard to stay alive. Right. And, and it, you know, it's so weird because it just seems like our, our nature, our, our just human goal when we wake up should be to be happy. And it seems like the ego counterbalances that so much that we would push it away very easily. But we don't. We really let it take control of us. Oh, well, the ego thinks it's helping you. I'm trying to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. No, don't go do that. Mm-hmm. Why be happy? Something, you know, the shoe's going to drop and you're going to be miserable. Don't hope. Don't look for joy because it'll be taken away from you. Mm. So it's all about the comfort zone. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. I Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is some certain, even when you're not happy, there's a certain comfortability of living in that zone because you know what to expect. You're not allowing new experiences or new things to come in. You're just mm-hmm. saying whatever's going on, I'm willing to put up with it because I'm more afraid of the unknown than I am the known, however bad that is. Right. And until the pain of the known is greater than the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So what is it? what does it take for somebody to decide? I, I don't know if that's something you can really define, but um, is there something that that people can lock into to open that door to say, okay, I need some help and give you a call? Hmm. That is a really good question. I would say that if you keep telling yourself over and over something needs to change and you're just not sure what that something is that needs changed, I would say you're ready for a life coach. Mm-hmm. And but if you're like, oh, same old, same old, but here, let me get on Facebook and I'll just scroll for a couple hours and forget about that thought, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're not, you're not in the right place. It's just not the right time for you. You'll get there. It's just not today. But the desire is planted. So if you just hold on to that, you'll be headed in the right direction, but you have to stay on that. Like you can't just put a phrase on a piece of paper on your bathroom mirror and read that every day and expect that to change your life. Right. Right. You're planting a seed. Mm -hmm. I think, I think phrases like that can be really helpful for people in the short term, but I think in the long term and tell me if I'm wrong, I think they just become phrases. They just become things that you say and they're not things that you feel as much anymore. Agreed. I would agree with that. It's, you know, to go to my, childhood it's you know it's like saying the lord's prayer it just because something you say by rote and it and you don't really hear the words you don't have any feeling behind it it's just something you've done exactly it's familiar it's it's scripted almost yes yeah good 
good phrase. I think I think that makes it tough because I think people, at least people that I've seen over time, have really depended on those things to make a difference. And I just think that it's it, it's a good start and maybe they should change, at least change the phrase out now and then and not just stick with one thing that just gets stale. I think that's very wise. I think that would help kickstart that mm-hmm. and and, you know, break that mindset. I think my fear with everything is that people I shouldn't use the word fear. I know, I know you might correct me uh-huh. on that word, but I, I think the concern that I have is that uh, people just tend to count on that as the thing that's going to make the difference and not then take that next leap to really make some change in their lives. Because those phrases, as as uplifting as they might be, are not specific to what's going on in their life. They're very general phrases. Correct. Correct. It would be the same as me watching exercise videos. That's really great. But until I get up and join in, mm-hmm. I'm not really changing anything. Or develop a specific program for your, you know, your current health. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's such fascinating work because I would imagine everybody is so different, but the fundamentals are probably very similar for most people, whether it be, you know, something that they have just said in their head or something that they're afraid because of experiences with something else, maybe. But I would mm-hmm. imagine for you, it's interesting because everybody is so different as an individual. Yes. And I'm fascinated by how our mind works and the subconscious in particular, because your subconscious is trying to tell you all sorts of things, but we are so accustomed, at least in the United States, to ignore the body and give the mind precedence. And it's really kind of the other way around. Well, I think there's something discouraging about it here, at least in the United States with our healthcare system, because it's so expensive. It's so, um, you know, trying to get appointments, trying to get your insurance dealt with and all those things. It's really mm-hmm. kind of a of an uphill battle. And I think it discourages a lot of people from even trying. Agreed. Agreed. And I have I have lobbied for years to change the phrase sick time mm. to health time. I like that. Yeah. I think it is inspiring that a lot, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but some companies are starting to open up their their medical plans to things like alternative healing, um, not necessarily mm-hmm. having to get a prescription for everything. I'm certainly not one that goes to the doctor to get a pill that might help one thing, but probably hurt two or three other things. Um, right. You know, it seems like every medic- medication that comes out, you'll see an ad somewhere that says, by the way, if you've taken this... <laughs> Uh, you might want to contact us because we're a law firm that's suing them because of a class action issue with the medicine or whatever it is. And and it's yeah. not inspiring to go to the doctor and and want to get healed or or some kind of cure from them because there's so much negativity around it. Right, right. I think if we could, our mental health is just as important as our physical health. And it's a shame that we can't easily monitor it or evaluate that. You know, we can't take our blood pressure of our mind. We, you know, there's there's no easy test to say, okay, yeah, you're you're a little out of balance. You need to focus on this. Well, and I would I would think that they're both equally important because if your physical health is is down, your mental health is not going to be a hundred percent, and vice versa. Agreed. They, they impact each other. Mm-hmm. 
Now, speaking of, of healing, I want to ask you about Reiki because I know that you do that too, and you're able to do that remote. Can you, can you kind of define what Reiki is? Because I think that's another thing that has a bit of a stigma to it. Yes, yes. And it's, I always struggle with describing it adequately. And once you've experienced it, it you you would really understand it that much better. But it's basically um, healing energy. Everybody has this ability. Just um, if you, uh, the the best way to experience it, as as we talk now, would be to rub your hands vigorously together. And then slowly pull them apart and see if you can feel the energy that's being stretched between your two hands. Interesting. You know, I, yeah. I hate to, uh, to to commercialize that, but just to kind of give uh, maybe a visual to people. If you've mm-hmm. seen the movie The Karate Kid, there's that uh-huh. scene in the tournament where Daniel gets hurt and he's like, all right, I have to quit. And he's like, I don't want to quit. And Mr. Miyagi does that thing where he rubs his hands together and then he he transfers that that heat energy to Daniel-san. Um, mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's a commercialized version of it. But is that similar to what you're saying? Absolutely. I had not I have not seen that movie in a long time and had forgotten that scene. But yes, that is excellent way to give your um I don't want to say clients, that's the only <laughs> your <laughs> right, listeners. Right. Yeah. <laughs> your listeners a visual of Reiki. Yeah. So and you can do it hands-on, like Mr. Miyagi did, and you can do it rem- remotely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the thing that people have a hard time understanding is that you can transfer things like that remotely. I think we're so used to what we've what we've known all our lives, which is the doctor comes in and he puts his finger on your shoulder and goes, Tell me where it hurts and that sort of thing. Um, I think right. it's hard for people to to understand the concept or believe in the concept of being able to do things remotely. Yes. And then, and see, that's the thing. Everything is energy, as you know, science is telling us it's, you know, this the space in between all the vibrating cells and and all of that. So why? That's why it's so easy to do remote Reiki, because we're all connected. Mm hmm. Yeah, very true. And and it's amazing yeah. how you can you can feel someone when you're talking to them that might be on the other side of the world or or you know maybe a little closer but you can feel mm-hmm. the the things that they say to you. You can feel the energy or the emotion that they're putting into their words when they say, "God, I miss you." You really feel mm-hmm. that. And and isn't that the same kind of energy transfer? Exactly. Yes. Most definitely. If you've ever been in a really good mood and then you go and you talk to someone else who's in a bad mood, you will feel your energy drain and you will, their negative energy will impact your positive energy if you let it, if you're not aware. Right. Yeah. I, I've done experiments like that with with perfect strangers that I've uh, you know come into contact with where I've seen that they're kind of you know, nonchalant, or they're not particularly happy, maybe they're, you know, they're at work, and they're not really enjoying their job. And, you know, I'll try to be a little more um, uplifting and and happier. And it's really Mm -hmm. amazing how the slightest bit of difference can can have a huge impact. Oh, 
tremendous, tremendous. And good for you for doing that. Well, thank you. Um, I That was back when I left the house. You know, of course, nowadays, we don't we don't really go out as much as we used to. But uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely something that I've noticed. And I'll and I'll kind of hang out and see how they interact with people after me. And, it, mm-hmm. and, and in a lot of cases, they're a little bit lighter with the next people. Isn't that wonderful? And it, it's just it's so easy to to spread joy and uplift people without really trying. It's not like you don't have to go out and get them a gift. You don't have to go out and do something extraordinary for them. Just give them a little boost of energy. Right. Right. That's what I love about Reiki. Oh, I've been saying it wrong, too, haven't I? I've called it Reiki, but it's Reiki. Yes. It's, it could be my accent. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> now, uh, I did. We, we did talk about doing this before the show. So would you like to analyze a dream? Yes, I would love to analyze your dream. Okay. I do not remember most of my dreams. So before we get into the dream, do you know or have any thoughts on why that might be? Um, The easiest, if you are really curious to remember dreams, the best way to do that is set the intention before you go to sleep. Hmm. And then keep a notebook and a, you know, pad of paper and pen and record it as soon as you wake up. Interesting. I I always recommend that people keep a pad of paper and a writing utensil on their night table or near them somewhere because a lot of times people have too many things on their mind and it prevents them from sleeping. They're like, oh, I have to remember to do this tomorrow or or I should probably try that or, you know, these little notes. Just Mm -hmm. write them down and get them out of your head so you can relax. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. I, I, I found that that has really helped uh, a lot of people because it, you don't have to keep it in your brain. You can let it go. And when you let go of your thoughts, that's when you can fall asleep. Easier said than done. <laughs> I have <fun. laughs> So in, in the one dream that I do remember, and I haven't had it, um, I don't have it that often anymore, but it does happen every once in a while. I would say probably sometime around mid-November was the last time I had it. But I'm a kid. Okay. I'm out of town. Um, I'm, I'm in an area that's familiar, but not a place I've visited more than a couple of times. And mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm on a playground and I'm going down a slide, um, head first on my belly. And as I'm going down the slide, like right as I start my descent before it's too late to, or right, right when it's too late to stop, um, I mm-hmm. see a, a man approaching me and he's, a like a dark figure. Not like a grim reaper. I mean, he's he's like, I don't get a supernatural sense, but I get the feeling that he is a bad man and he is coming to take okay. me away. And so as I'm going down the slide, I'm screaming for help. And of course, this slide is just interminable. It's not like your regular, you know, uh, a playground slide that you can be down in a second and a half. Like this thing is you're on it for a while. Um, okay. And I'm screaming for help, but nothing is coming out of my mouth. And so uh, I wake up when I get to the bottom of the slide, when he's right there, but it, it, nothing that I, I don't ever recall a, a time when it's gone further than that. But I okay. definitely get that, that helpless sense of something really horrible is about to happen to me and there's nothing I can do. And no one can hear me. All right. So let me uh, read that back to you and you let me know if I got anything wrong okay. or what I wrong because it's important that I use the same words and have the same understanding. So you are, this is back when you were 
when you're having it, it repeats. And last time was in November. You are a kid. Mm-hmm. You are away from home, but you're on a playground. You are going head first on your belly down a slide. Um, and as you start your descent where it's too late to stop, you see a, a dark man coming towards you and you have this horrible sense that he's a bad man. Something's going to happen. And you try screaming, um, but nothing comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to add to that? Um, you know, it's funny as you read it back, and this is the first time I ever heard anyone tell it to me. Um, uh-huh. it, it's interesting because can you really not stop on a slide? Like, is it, are, are you going at such breakneck speed that you can't just stop and, you know, climb back up to the top or jump off the side or something? It sounds kind mm-hmm. of ridiculous, but in that moment, and this is, I don't have panic attacks, but that's the closest mm-hmm. I can come to understanding what a panic attack is, where you can't do the simplest thing. Um, so it okay. sounds kind of ridiculous when you read it back, but that that is the dream. And as I'm thinking about it, I can feel that, you know, that helpless feeling and that fright of, of the impending danger. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And, and as I read that back, did any particular thing seem more important or more critical or key in any way to you? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. All right. And I mean, this, I, I should say too, this takes sp- the, the, the length of a span of, of just a couple of seconds. It's a very quick thing, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's enough to and vivid enough to be, have a real powerful impact on me. When I wake up, I feel very, very tense and like, I better check my, my home and make sure that nobody's in here. It's pretty powerful. Okay. Good to know, which is, and it's probably why it repeats as well. There's something that you need to know or that's on your subconscious mind and it's, and your body is, you know, your subconscious is trying to get through to you. Um, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions okay, about these things. But prior to doing that, I, I want to run you through a very brief breathing exercise. Okay. Okay. So hopefully you're, in a seated, comfortable position where you feel safe. I am. Okay. And I find this helps if you close your eyes, but you don't have to. And what I'd like you to do is inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth and make a sound and make your exhalation longer than your inhalation. Okay. And do that a minimum of three times. There's no rush. And when you've, you feel that you've done it enough times, then go back to your normal breathing pattern and let me know. Okay. And for those of you in the audience who cannot hear me breathing, it's because I use a, uh, a breath editor so that you don't hear me inhaling and stuff all the time on the show. So you won't hear me doing it, but I've done it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. All right. Okay. So take a look at the slide and see, and I should prefix this, trying to get your subconscious to come through. So when I ask the questions, try not to censor or edit. 
Just whatever pops in your head, let it come out. Mm -hmm. So see the slide from your dream and try to become the slide. Take on the persona of the slide and say, I am the slide. I am, and give me three adjectives that describe you, the slide. Okay, I am the slide. I am the captor. I am the prison. That's all I'm getting. Okay, captor and prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Slide, what is your message for the dreamer? I'm just getting the word trapped. Trapped. Okay. Why are you in the dream? Or why did... Why is the dream occurring repeatedly? Just getting not letting go. Okay. What needs let go? I'm not getting anything. Okay. And you might not. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's interesting. I've not I've not thought about analyzing the slide at all. I've kind of just thought that was just part of the scenery. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to the belly. I am the belly. And I am three words that describe belly. I am the belly. I am protected. I am a rebel. That's all I got. Okay. And belly, what is your message to the dreamer? You're protecting me. I'm trying not to analyze this as I go. Thank you. That's good. And the reason you're in the dream, Belly. I'm just getting, I represent something. Any sense of what that something is that needs protected? No. No. Okay. It's kind of tough trying trying not to think about mm-hmm. you know just like letting in whatever comes to me and not editing it or or trying to see something specific. Right. Especially said because you said you've kind of already analyzed it and you think you know what it means. Right. Well, I think yeah. I know at least where it comes from. Okay. All right. And try and let that go. Mhm. And if you need to physically shake that energy off, you can do that. Okay. Okay. So let's take a look at the, do you want to call him the dark man or the bad man? Oh, the dark man is good. Dark man. All right. So try to become the dark man and use your I am statement. I am the dark man. I am going to get you. Mm-hmm. I am going to take you away. And I am going to free you from your safety. I can use more than one word, right? Yes. Oh, okay, good. However you do it is perfect. Okay, that's that's what I'm seeing or getting, I should say. Okay. And dark man, 
why does Scotty need to be taken away from his safety? Because he won't do it for himself. Okay. Why won't he do it for himself? He's afraid to. Okay. And what's he afraid of? That doing something for himself will hurt others. Wow. Okay. Anything else, Dark Man? Nope, that's it. Okay. All right. Do you want to take a look at the screaming? Okay. It's up to you. I'm I'm not sure how we do that. Okay. Just the same process? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Would it be... But I got a wow on that last one, and I didn't know where you were. Oh, yeah. No, I got a wow on what the dark man was saying. Yes. Um, so would I use I am silence? I am the act of screaming. Oh, okay. I am the act of screaming. I am stopping you. Okay. I am protecting you, but I am hurting you. Okay. And the reason that you're in the dream? Because he's conflicted. Okay. Over what? Conflicted over what? Overtaking the action. What does Scotty need to do to be comfortable taking the action? Know that he needs to take care of himself first. Is there anything else? That's it. That's it. Okay. Anything else from that dream you would like to take a look at? No, I think that's that's all the components. Those are the ones that I consistently remember. Okay. All right. You did a really good job. Thank you. Uh, yes. I don't know if it matters, but the, I mean, it's always exactly the same. The playground is the same. Everything I see is the same. The direction he's coming from, everything is is just it's it's like um, like I'm watching a movie, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting exercise. I've never taken on. I mean, as a writer, I take on those kind of roles, you know, describing inanimate objects and things like that. But never I've never done that with a dream. That's a fascinating process. I love this. This is like my favorite tool, one of my favorite tools to use. Okay, because dreams are really this the subconscious mind unlocking themselves to reveal themselves while we're not distracted from daily life. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're okay with it, I'd like you to read your answers back to you because sometimes when you're in the moment giving the answers, it doesn't really register what you're saying. I don't remember what I said. Okay. Let me read that back to you. Okay. Uh, the slide is a captor and a prison. And the message is you're trapped. And the reason it's in your dream is it's you're not letting go. Yeah, that all resonates. Okay. And going head first on your belly down the slide is um, protecting, but a rebel. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the message. You're protecting me. And the reason is um, the belly represents something. Right. But what wasn't clear. And you had an energy drop in your voice. Oh, did I? Yes. Wow. Yes. 
Uh, and it kind of continued as we went through the dark man mm-hmm. a little bit. So the dark man is going to get you, take you away, and free you from your safety. Well, that kind of sounds like something a serial killer would say. <laughs> free you. But the message is because you won't do it for yourself. Right. Because you're afraid of doing this because you might hurt others. Now, see, that's interesting because that does not really square with what I thought it was about. So I'll I'll tell you what I thought it was about after you tell me. Okay. All right. And then the screaming is stopping you, protecting you, hurting you. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because you're conflicted to take action. Mm-hmm. And the reason you're... Con- um, but what you need to do in order to take the action, feel comfortable taking the action, is know that you need to take care of yourself first. Right. So having gone through this, and I, this is your dream, and these are this is your subconscious. So in hearing all of that read back to you, does it relate to something going on in your life that you'd like to share with your listeners or not? I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay. I, I don't get a sense of it being career-wise because, well, I, I don't want to overanalyze it and say it's because I've had this dream since I was a child, um, mm-hmm. you know, before I was really a, even a musician or much of a musician. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's that or if it's family-related. I, I honestly don't know. Okay. Interesting. I like the rebel part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's like the only part of it that I have power in, except for choosing to go down the slide to begin with. Mm-hmm. So you want to rebel, and and you are by going down head first. Mm-hmm. But you're still not ready to leave the safety, right? Yeah, and take the action mm-hmm. because of hurting others, right? And there's nothing that you've not let yourself do because you're afraid of the impacts to others? I think there's been a lot of little things along the way. Um, just to give an example is somebody will say something like, well, let's uh, let's do something or, or I'll call you when I get into town, for example. A lot of people, when they come to Vegas, they'll say, well, let's meet up. I don't know exactly when because it depends on when we get there and how long it takes to check in and all that. But I'll, I'll give you a call when we get checked into the room. And uh-huh. I'll say, well, we should be there around one. And I'm thinking, okay, well, the lines can be long. You know, maybe it'll be a half hour by the time you get to your room. So by two, I should hear from you. So I'll kind of tailor not starting things or not starting anything major um, that I might need or want to do because I, I don't want to have to stop in the middle of it or not okay. be there for them because I've made that commitment. So I'll push my stuff off waiting for that contact. And then I might not hear from them until eight o'clock at night. So mm. I I don't want to do anything that because I've made that commitment to them that, yes, we'll get together or, or whatever it's going to be. And so mm-hmm. I'll push my stuff away to accommodate that potential. And it, it's hours before I'll go, OK, you know what? Fine. I just need to do my stuff. They'll call when they'll call. Um, I, that's kind of an example of what I'm thinking this this might be about. OK, I don't know if that helps. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So, so the something you're afraid of is that by putting yourself first, you would hurt them because you wouldn't be available on this vague idea of they're going to reach out to you at an unset time. Mm -hmm. I think so. So you shuffle yourself to the bottom of the deck and, and put their. Yes. Well, well phrased. Well, I see this a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I, but it's kind of what we're brought up to believe, right? Give somebody else the shirt off your back. If you have two dimes, give them one. Like we're, we're brought up to believe that we have to give so much of ourselves to everyone mm-hmm. else. That we sacrifice everything for others and we never get come to the top of the deck. Exactly. Which is totally upside down, in my opinion. We need to put ourselves first so we can be there for others. Mm-hmm. I, I always yeah. equate it to, you know, what an airline tells you when you get on the plane and they're going through, you know, telling you where the emergency exits and that are. And I say, the, the most important thing that they tell you in that speech is to make sure that you fasten your oxygen mask before you attempt to help somebody else. Exactly. I think that is such a great way of looking at life. But even knowing that, I still don't do it. I still, you know, will put myself second because I mm-hmm. I want other people to be happy or, you know, I see how other people have treated them and I don't want to be just another one that did that to them. That sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Right. Right. So there's a there's a fear there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That if you're not there when they want you to be there, then that makes you a bad person. Right. Or a selfish person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or not a good friend. Or just another person they can't trust. Right. Right. So your subconscious is saying, trust you, mm-hmm. trust yourself, and put yourself first. Exactly. I love this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, you've already made me see this from a completely different angle. And and that's what a life coach is going to do. I'm not going to tell you things to do. I'm not going to make decisions for you. I'm just going to help you take a look at your mindset. And then you get to take the action that you feel is appropriate. Now, do you, are you ready for me to tell you what I thought it was about? Yes, I would love to hear what you thought. Well, first of all, thank you for that because that that's actually incredibly fascinating. And I'm I'm like I I'm, I will break this down later on, but uh, in in my mind. But uh, when mm-hmm. I was very young, I think I was like two or two and a half, and we were at the mall, my my nuclear family and I, and um, we uh, my dad went to go do something at another store, and we were somewhere else in the mall waiting for him. And I thought I saw him. And so I got up and I chased him. Now, re- remember, I'm like two or two and a half years old. So I don't have a very strong voice. I don't have a presence at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm screaming at this man, you know, daddy, daddy. And he's not turning around. He's not acknowledging my presence. And uh-huh. I, I'm feeling, why doesn't he want me? Why can't he hear me? And I always thought it was about that, that it was just some sort of manifestation about feeling helpless and um, not in control and not having a voice. I always equated it to that situation. Interesting. Interesting. But I think that's that's more of a direct example of, of what it meant, because it's so such an on par. He couldn't hear me. No one can hear me scream. Something bad's happening mm-hmm. because he doesn't want me 
uh, something bad's happening, this this dark figure, which I thought represented that love, was trying to to pull me away. Which I can see why you would think that, mm-hmm. because that's how most people analyze dreams, is looking at it um, very analytically mm-hmm. instead of subconsciously. Right. Well, we look for those linear comparisons because that's how our conscious brain works. Exactly. What What is it? What is it? What is it? No, it's not that, not that, not that. Oh, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, and I will email this to you so you... If you want to look back on it, you can see what your responses were. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that'll help because I'm sure fragments of this will will kind of dissipate over time. And I never listen to the podcast because I I know what I sound like. <laughs> uh, that's that's really interesting. And, and I love how you just did that so quickly, too. I mean, that wasn't a series of exercises. You didn't have to put me into a hypnosis, just a quick breathing exercise to give me that calm state. Um, and I'm a mm-hmm. huge proponent of breathing exercises anyway. Oh, me too. Very important for for just grounding in the moment, especially Mm -hmm. like if you get an email or something that kind of just sets you off, uh, really just doing a simple breathing exercise can make so much difference. Yes, yes. You will always find if if you're tense, you're pretty much holding your breath. Mm -hmm. They kind of go hand in hand. Very much so. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, when somebody contacts you and says, I am looking to get started with a life coach, what mm-hmm. is the, what's the springboard? What can people expect to experience? Oh my goodness. Hmm. That I will hold a safe space for you. I'm non-judgmental. I'm a hundred percent confidential. And that Whatever you want to tell me or work on, whatever it is, is perfectly normal and right for you. You cannot make any mistakes and it's your time. And really they create, to to a large extent, they create the experience that they're going to have from you based on how willing they are to look deep and be honest and open because if you're not, what's the point? Exactly. Yes. And sometimes they will reach out, we'll start the session and they're not ready to go there. And that's perfectly fine. Again, whatever happens or doesn't happen is exactly what should have happened. Right. Is there anything yes. that they can do or should do to prepare before they contact you? I would say no, because they're already going to come in with preset expectations and um, we're just trying to get around all of that, get out of the analytical and get into the subconscious. Well, that makes sense. That definitely makes yeah. sense. Well, I, again, congratulations on completing your course. That is. That's quite a mountain of work you've done to get there. And I can certainly appreciate and respect that. And I'm excited for all the people that you're going to help. Um, I do uh, appreciate that you'll keep my dream confidential <laughs> now that we've done it on the air. Uh, that's great. Well, you have the ability to edit. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But you know what? I, I'm going to be fair. And the only thing that I will edit out is just the, the pauses uh, in thought. Okay. But apart from that, uh, so it's going to sound like a much faster conversation than we actually had. But apart from that, um, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to cut anything out because I think it's important to show 
how that analysis does work and, and how quickly you were able to get me into seeing those different aspects of it and, uh, and evaluate and give me feedback on it. I, that's actually really fascinating to me. Good, good. I'm glad it helped. Definitely. Well, I will have uh, in the show notes all the places that they can contact you and uh, and reach out to you for some help. And I really appreciate and and I'm glad that you're out there doing this because I know what a wonderful person that you are. And I know that you're going to help a lot of people. So thank you very much, Kathy. Thank you, Scotty. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, I I'm just blown away by that dream analysis. That was that was pretty amazing. I have a lot to uh, unpack, I think, with that because that was not what I was expecting at all. And uh, being very familiar with that dream, it's uh, pretty amazing the results we got today. So I want to thank you guys for joining me, and I want to thank Kathy for coming on the show. Please check her out, folks. She's absolutely wonderful. I think that she's going to be able to help a lot of people. And I'm not just saying that because she's my cousin. I'm saying that because she is a wonderful person who is very knowledgeable. And I think she's going to help a lot of people. So check her out. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Please remember to leave your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or anywhere you're listening to the show. Thank you guys very much. Cheers. Cheers.